Welcome to another episode of the Slam Fest Podcast, where we bring the premier rock concert pre-gaming experience from the parking lot to the podcasting airwaves. I'm Brad, so I wanted to start this episode out with a thank you, and I had planned to have it out on last week's episode, but as I'd mentioned, I record some of these episodes well in advance of their release, and as I was trying to do it, I was having a hard time getting it added. So, Without uh, further ado, thank you to Curtis Langclose from the Retro Zest podcast. A couple weeks ago, he celebrated the 40th anniversary of Caddyshack and reached out to myself along with some other podcasters to share their most memorable moments of that movie. That was a blast. Check it out. It's on episode 12 of the Retro Zest podcast. He also promoted the Slamfest podcast on that episode, which I appreciate very, very much. Check out Curtis's Retro Zest podcast. He talks retro about everything from TV shows to movies to music, celebrates birthdays of actors and actresses and musicians, and anniversaries of TV shows, movies, and albums. Check it out. He does a great job. So today we are going to talk about scorpions. So growing up, I can remember there was probably in the early 80s, there was, there was an older uh, kid, a couple years older than my brother even, who was really into Scorpions. So I can remember the Blackout album, can remember that cover, um, can also remember the No One Like You video, you guys can remember that, the Alcatraz backdrop, um, Klaus Mein singer uh, in prison and on death row, other band members in the cells. Uh, as the, they walk him through there, um, and at the end, it ends up being a dream, and he's he's not uh, not executed. So anyway, um, that that's a that's probably the first memory that I have um, of Scorpions. I can recall love it for Sting coming out. Obviously, the Rocky Like a Hurricane uh, video, um, and going back and, and watching that, I hadn't seen it. And, in a while what in the hell is going on in that video um performance part is great um you know the band performing and there's that fence loose fence and there's um fans or whatever around it shaking it and that's just a that's a very cool visual (laughs) but the rest of it is like a cross between flash gordon uh with the these white cloaked uh creatures and aliens with people um, like, like frozen or in the in the walls um, of wherever they are. I, I don't understand. Again, classic early uh, MTV videos that didn't make a ton of sense. And then what was with Klaus um, running running out originally, and he grabs the microphone off of somebody doing a, a handstand or headstand and kind of froze it and paused it and looked and it looked like all the other band members were there so I have no idea who that was he grabs it off of the feet and then kind of has that weird um, holding the microphone late in the video kind of upside down and twists his hand around I don't know just some just some odd odd things in that video uh, recall the still loving you video live performance um, such a cool scene at the beginning of that video when they're just showing kind of in slow motion, almost like fans, sporadic fans, walking up to the venue. And then, of course, Worldwide Live coming out in the mid-80s, both the album and the home video. Um, remember that very well. Big City Nights uh, video from from that home video released using the live version uh, from Worldwide Live, which is so, so good. Um, and actually, that's the compilation of the footage from that home video. But the home video, I, I can remember MTV airing that, um, and I remember recording it on, on VHS. But the home video, Coast to Coast, Make It Real, Blackout, Big City Nights, Loving You Sunday Morning, No One Like You, Holiday, Bad Boys Running Wild, Still Loving You, Rocky Like a Hurricane, and then Dynamite, and then during the credits they they were playing I'm Leaving You um, off of uh, Love It First Sting. 
And then can remember Savage Amusement coming out, um, Rhythm of Love video, Passion Rules the Game video. That tour actually did not hit Omaha. Um, Love It for Sting did. Um, but that tour, obviously they were on their own tour, but they were on that Monsters of Rock tour um, in 88 as well. Which brings us to the Crazy World album being released in November of 1990, which was the fall of my senior year in high school. I can remember seeing the video for Tease Me, Please Me, and loving the song. Went out and bought the CD, which probably was one of the first CDs that I actually purchased. And actually liked the majority of that album. So this episode is going to revolve around the Scorpions Trickster concert I saw March 30th, 1991, Omaha Civic Auditorium, Omaha, Nebraska. Now, Rock's Ultimate Force returns, Scorpio. Welcome, 8 o'clock tonight, live at Civic Auditorium. Scorpion, long-awaited return. She's attack is back. Scorpions. Now Omaha gets hit between the eyes. Civic Auditorium, plus very special guest, Trickster. Get tickets now at the Civic Auditorium box office. All Homer's records, Pickles records, Six and Rosenblatt Stadium. We're charged at 342-7107. Scorpion, a contemporary presentation. So interesting to note, the Crazy World Tour started November 23rd, 1990, and lasted through December 7th of 1991. So just over a year on the road, which is a huge tour. Uh, so very successful uh, album for them and, and a successful tour for them as well. So this was the last show uh, that I saw prior to graduating uh, from high school. And so I talked a little bit about my background with, with Scorpions. And here's a brief background um, with Trickster, who was the opening act. So they're uh, debut album was released in May of 1990. Um, didn't really think much of, of them at all. Obviously knew the song uh, Give It To Me Good. Um, was you know somewhat popular on, on MTV. Not necessarily getting a ton of airplay uh, where we lived. Um, but, and again, nothing personal against the guys in Trickster. But in my opinion... This might be the worst hairband album uh, that was ever released. And again, granted, they were young guys at the time. Um, but somehow, I, I mean, I have no idea how this thing went gold. Um, Give It To Me Good only reached number 65 on the charts. Um, Surrender... Um, got to 72 and then the song one in a million um got to number 75 so the songs didn't chart necessarily very well so again not positive how this uh how this thing got got so popular i can remember one of my friends um buying it and and liking it and i can I remember at the time trying you know trying to listen to it and i, I couldn't even make it through um, the album. So preparing for this this episode of this podcast, um, went back and re-listened to it and could barely get through it. So um, you know, I've got I've got the three singles digitally um, in my in my collection, but uh, the rest of it uh, I do not I do not have. Um, it's just I don't know. It's just something about it. The the songs there there's just no hook. Um, the singer, I don't think his, his style doesn't necessarily fit with the music, um, that they're, that they're producing. Cause actually his voice reminds me of Ron Keel and I like Ron Keel's voice with the Keel material, but maybe it's just with this, um, really pop, um, 
hairband stuff. It just it just doesn't uh, does not do it for me. So again, I'll I'll give credit to Steve Brown. He's a great guitar player. Um, was the primary songwriter um, for the band and. You know, he's done some stuff, obviously, recently with filling in for Vivian Campbell and Def Leppard. So, again, great player. Um, but when comparing them to the other bands of that immediate era, I mean, if I think about Firehouse or Warrant or Slaughter, I, I just don't think this doesn't even come close um, to those uh, those bands' albums and the material that they were producing at the, at the time. So... Um, so show day, um, it was actually a Saturday, and so Andy, who's obviously been on the show and I've talked about a lot, uh, along with my neighbor Matthew, who I talked about uh, um, last week specifically, um, went to the show, and Andy uh, borrowed his mom's uh, Riviera uh, sedan, and the three of us uh, got in there and, and made the trek to to Omaha. Um, getting into the show, um, we were on the floor, and Andy and I uh, pretty much stuck together uh, throughout the whole show, and I lost track of uh, Matthew, which is actually the same thing that happened uh, at the KISS show I mentioned uh, last week, where Mike and I were together on the floor, and we, we lost track of, of Matthew. He he tends to want to get as close as he possibly can. Um, and so anyway, um, I can remember, and I, I guess I don't know if we heard this from from somebody else, because I, I know my brother Matt saw this show uh, in the Twin Cities, but it was actually after um, we saw it, so it couldn't have come from him. But anyway, Andy and I brought earplugs, which is the first time I had ever brought earplugs to a to a concert but we had just heard just how loud scorpions were and i'll tell you what i'm glad i'm glad that we did um this show was loud and um probably up to that point probably the loudest uh, show i had seen so andy and i had earplugs um uh, matthew did not which um on the ride home, Matthew was in the back seat, and I can remember Andy and I talking to each other, and, and he could not hear a word <laughs> or understand anything that we were that we were saying. So I mentioned that my brother saw this uh, uh, up in Minneapolis, close to where he was going to school, and I can remember him telling me after he saw it that he was looking around and he could actually see people plugging their ears um, as they did not have earplugs or cotton or anything to, to put it in there. It was that loud that people were, were actually plugging their ears. So Trickster came out, played an eight-song set, Bad Girl, Play Rough, Surrender, Heart of Steel, Ride the Whip, Line of Fire, One in a Million, and then closed their set with Give It To Me Good. So Again, eight songs. They only had one album, so they all came from that album. Um, you know, the the ballad. It's not a bad. I guess it's not. I mean, it's not a terrible ballad for the the era. And I actually don't mind the song "One in a Million. But if you think about it, so you've got the the ballad "Surrender." You've got "One in a Million, You've got "Give It to Me Good." None of those are exactly up tempo hard rock <laughs> songs. They've all got kind of an acoustic uh, feel to them um, and you know maybe that's you know part of the rest of the songs on the album just uh, uh, don't do anything for me so the other piece that didn't help Trickster in my eyes as a as an opener which they weren't a great opener for Scorpions uh, to begin with but the singer actually he was in a cast uh, he had broken his leg um, sometime previous to that so that <laughs> ultimately didn't help things um you know with kind of their performance um so so several strikes uh against trickster for me uh during that uh during that show so now scorpions so they came out and here's the set list tease me please me 
Lust or Love, Bad Boys Running Wild, Make It Real, Hit Between the Eyes, The Zoo, Wind of Change, I Can't Explain, Don't Believe Her, Rhythm of Love, Guitar Solo, Rudy Shanker, Coast to Coast, Can't Live Without You, Blackout, Dynamite, Holiday, Matthias Jabs Solo, Big City Nights, No One Like You, Still Loving You, and Rock You Like a Hurricane. So, overall, the breakdown of that set list, so two songs from Love Drive, two songs from Animal Magnetism, four songs from Blackout, four songs from Love at First Sting, one song from Savage Amusement, one song from the Best of Rockers and Ballads compilation, and five songs from Crazy World. So, overall, I mean, just looking at this set list, and I mean, as I'm reading it off again, it was an unbelievable set list um, for that era. I actually surprised there was no uh, Love Drive, and I, I would have liked to have seen Loving You Sunday Morning, but I mean, overall, cannot complain at all about the set list. So the production looked very similar to the Savage Amusement uh, stage, which you can, um, there's some footage uh, on YouTube of that, uh, of that tour. Um, also from the uh, Passion Rules of the Game video, you can get kind of a feel for it. So again, very similar. Two large staircases on either side of the drum riser uh, with lights on them. Um, and then there were lights, you know, all around the drum riser itself. Again, it, <laughs> going back, I went back and watched a, uh, there's an Amarillo, Texas show uh, from, you know, almost two weeks earlier than the Omaha show that we saw. Um, some decent footage, but man, oh man, I mean, those lights on the stairs and kind of lights on the tiered platforms around and around the, the drum riser, just again, those bright lights that they use to kind of light up the crowd. Holy cow. I mean, when those things were all on, it was, it was just blinding, uh, you know, looking at it. Um, and then those, you know, tiered platforms, you know, there were like triangular panels on them that kind of showed some of the similar stuff that was on the, um, large keyhole kind of from the crazy world album cover, um, basically lighting rig, uh, sh shape, uh, with a screen in the, in the center. Um, and then also surprised no pyro, um, at all. And I guess I don't know enough about the history of the Scorpion tours and whether or not they used, um, much pyro or not. Um, but diving into the set a little bit. So the concert again, started with tease me, please me, uh, just Rudy Shanker appearing off uh, stage, right on the platform off to the right they had those on on both sides of the stage and he's just playing the riff and again it was just blaring from the get-go um klaus sounded great uh cool delay during the chorus no one needs to know um on no and we'll take it nice and slow just that cool echo um bad boys running wild was was very cool to see a uh, fan of that song um the zoo so they had a, a kind of a, a zebra print um, on that screen in the in the keyhole, um, and also on those triangular panels uh, that were on the on the stage. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, wind of change. Um, you know, was was start we starting to become a hit. So I mean, we saw this tour. Um, you know, almost five months in, and. You know, watching it again, that, that footage, trying to think, wow, is he that good of a whistler or was that a backing track? Because it almost sounded flawless, which um, to me, I would think that would be hard to hard to whistle um, in the middle of a, a rock concert set list. But um, I can't explain. Again, great song and great, uh, great rendition um, of it. Um, live very cool um, you know the new songs overall came across uh, really well um, obviously the opener but luster love hit between the eyes you know wind of change don't believe her um, good stuff it all all came across uh, very very well uh, live 
um, Coast to Coast, which is a classic instrumental that they like to do live, and, and Klaus uh, coming out with the rhythm guitar uh, was interesting to see. Um, Can't Live Without You, they really, the up, it was really up-tempo. Um, you know, almost think it being, of it being up-tempo um, on Worldwide Live compared to the studio version, but it was even, <laughs> it was even sped up a little bit more than that. Um, blackout again awesome and again the lights turning out you know right kind of the bridge right before the chorus when music stops everything stops and all the lights coming out and then coming back on during the chorus is just a very very cool uh visual um holiday was a was a pleasant surprise wasn't really uh expecting it um but it was it was cool kind of a a weird spot in the set. I mean, in between Dynamite and Big City Nights, um, and uh, Matthias Jabs, a guitar solo, um, but st still cool. Um, all three guitar players, including the bass player, having acoustic guitars. Drummer had a tambourine, and then Klaus was singing. But they were basically spaced out, all five of them across the center of the stage, which was which was really cool. Um, and I, I will say the last four songs just just was just crazy to, to be there and hearing Big City Nights and to No One Like You yes Still Loving You is a ballad but still just a huge song great song and then closing with Rocky Like a Hurricane I'm not sure I could have taken anything more I mean that ending with those four cuts was uh, was amazing so during the finale of the Savage Amusement Tour, the lighting rig slowly turned into a giant Flying V guitar, which was very cool. On this tour, the lighting rig slowly lowered during Rocky Like a Hurricane, and it was mobile, and it turned into a huge scorpion, torso, legs, and then the tail popped up at the end. Interesting to note, this predated the Kiss Monster Spider Stage by about 22 years. Overall, great, great concert. Um, you know, interesting, some of these shows that I've already talked about, some of these bands, you know, I've been seeing uh, at, at their commercial peaks. Um, again, commercial peaks, not necessarily, um, you know, from a, a fan standpoint of, you know, being their classic, oh, you saw the classic tour. Well, no, I didn't see the classic tour, which would have been uh, Love at First Sting, you know, the Worldwide Live tour. But... You know, commercially, um, you know, this is close to being, um, you know, one of their, one of their, one of their peaks. So, uh, glad I went. Um, like I've done before, um, taking some clips out of the Omaha World Herald uh, review. Um, headline, Scorpions Give Omaha Crowd Energetic Show. So a couple uh, lines out of this. So heads banged, fists shook, and feet stomped as members of the Scorpions stung a house full of ears during their performance Saturday night at the City Auditorium. The German quintet opened the show with Tease Me, Please Me, the hottest tune to date from their 15th and most recent release, Crazy World. Arms waved and manes flew with abandon as the audience jumped and danced to the upbeat song. These guys are hardly youngsters, but they displayed enough energy during their performance to fill a kindergarten classroom. They scurried around the stage in constant motion without a, as much as a fatigued sigh. The audience of 7,124 returned the favor, its applause often reaching higher decibel levels than the music. Well, that's not true. Like I have mentioned, the, the show was blaring um, the whole time, so I'm, I don't think the crowd uh, drowned... Uh, drown them out. The sound quality in the auditorium was better than usual. The music was loud enough to engulf the audience without breaking any eardrums. Again, I, I don't know what show this guy is talking about exactly. Um, again, up to this point, this was the loudest concert that I had uh, attended. New Jersey Rockers Trickster opened the show. The band revved up the audience with tunes from its only release to date, Trickster, which came out last late last year. The band, whose members range in age from 18 to 24, has a hard rock sound without the relentless monotony of speed metal. 
Lead singer Pete Loran sang in a cast. He broke his leg in a motorcycle accident. So, you know, again, uh, some cheesy lines in, in this review. Um, again, I like to go back and read some of the uh, comments out of the review. So now on to the band on the bill spotlight. And since I didn't think much of Trickster, they're not going to be the subject of uh, either of these segments here to close out this episode. So uh, instead, we're going to go through and do two faves and one least fave from uh, Scorpion's most successful era, Love Drive, through the album Crazy World. So again, this is, uh, I I did this back on the second episode uh, when we talked about Iron Maiden. Uh, very difficult um, when we did the Maiden episode. Uh, this uh, was equally um, as difficult, but but it was fun to do. So first up is Love Drive. Again, almost a perfect album. Uh, so very difficult to choose two faves off of this. And um, interestingly, they had two uh, lead guitarists credited on this album. So Michael Shanker. Uh, played some leads on here and then they had uh, brought in Matthias Jabs uh, for this record as well and subsequent records but he also played played some leads so two faves I'd have to go with Loving You Sunday Morning and the title track Love Drive so Loving You Sunday Morning great opener uh, to me you know again I I don't have to have a an upbeat song um, you know, kind of kick kick me in the face for it to be a good opener. And then, again, great opening riff, and then kicks in, and again, just a great uh, driving riff during the verse. Chorus, you got the tempo change, uh, which is great, and then, of course, it just goes back to that original uh, driving riff, which is uh, just a great song. Again, wish they would have played it uh, live, um, but no luck. Love Drive. So interesting. So the opening riff to me sounds like a lift from uh, UFO's Lights Out, um, which uh, again, the music uh, was written by Rudy Shanker. Um, and again, it sounds, sounds so much like a UFO song, again, specifically Lights Out. Got that galloping bass line in there. Um, and then it's just a great, great driving classic legendary riff after the chorus so least favorite um gonna go with is anybody there again this is almost a perfect record uh, but if i had to choose one again not a bad song just my least favorite um and again it almost has kind of a uh, a reggae feel to it so i guess reggae scorps just doesn't do it for me um so much but again not a bad song just least favorite on that on that record next up animal magnetism so i'm going to be a broken record in saying that these albums are almost perfect uh, but they've got uh you know got something that uh um is a drawback so my favorites off of here are actually hold me tight and falling in love so hold me tight great riff and groove um, obviously a deep, deeper cut, uh, but a great raspy vocal from Klaus, um, and then a great chorus uh, with the all rights um, during during the uh, during the chorus. So uh, very, very cool song. And then falling in love again, that guitar palm muting intro into just a great riff and again fret hand muting going on great vocal great riff in the chorus um falling in love um just a just a really really cool song so least favorite off of here i'd have to go with only a man again kind of an odd acapella intro not crazy about the the verses the chorus is all right uh klaus sounds great you know, on the now you know how I feel, nothing is real part. Um, but again, overall, it, uh, the song is uh, is not good as a complete uh, complete package. So moving on to Blackout, again, near perfect album. Um, so this was really difficult. <laughs> this was really difficult. Um, but I, you know, I can't, you can't I can't deny 
No One Like You. Again, it's overplayed. You know, we've all heard it a million times. But when you, you say that, but you think about it when it comes on, if it comes on the radio, if it comes on, you know, in a shuffle, I don't skip it. So um, that's got to that's gotta count for something. So again, classic riff. Lead guitar melody there at the beginning and the harmonizing. So cool. Great vocal from Klaus during the chorus. Again, especially when it's just him singing. The harmonizing is good, but it just, that song is, it almost gives you chills um, when it's just digging, when the part, when he's just singing. So great, great song. And then for my second favorite pick, I'm actually going with China White. Um, great opening groove riff, uh, that feedback um, at the beginning, and then great riff when it kicks in. Cool verse lyrics just with the drums, you know, followed by the riff, so that little, there's lots of space in there. Um, chorus is almost, I mean, that's just eerie background vocals. Um, can't totally make out what they're saying, if he's saying just uh-huh and oh yeah, or how much, and it's hard to, hard to make out. Uh, the breakdown after the solo, you know, it's up to you to fight the evil in your mind, it's up to you. Um, the more love you give, the more you'll find. The more love you give, the more you'll find. I just, that's such a cool breakdown um, part of the song. And, and I mean, you've got, sounds like a, um, you know, a full grand piano almost, you know, hitting notes in there. It's just epic, epic song. Um, least favorite off of Blackout, When the Smoke is Going Down. Again, I generally dig the Scorps slower songs and their ballads. They've got a lot of them, but I, I like most of them. This one, for whatever, it just doesn't just doesn't do anything for me. I, I like it musically, um, but the vocal melody and and uh, yeah, just uh, it just doesn't uh, doesn't do anything for me. Next up, love at first sting. So again, you know, and what's what's interesting about this? I've talked about those other first three albums being uh, near perfect. So while Love at First Sting was a commercial smash for them, there you know there is some filler on there. So this was a little easier um, for me, but uh, I'm gonna go with the first two tracks. Just a heck of a one-two punch. Bad Boys Running Wild, awesome guitar uh, run. You know, intro into that killer killer riff. And again, similar to Blackout, you know, where the first bridge is a tease, so it stops after the first verse sec section, you know, thus teasing the chorus, and, and then they go back through another verse. So again, very, very similar to what happens in Blackout uh, on the album before. And then great gang vocal chorus uh, for, for the song. So love that song, loved that they, they played it uh, in the set and on this tour. And then Rocky Like a Hurricane, again, similar to No One Like You. You know, there's some fatigue there. You know, we've all heard the, these songs millions of times. But again, I don't, I don't skip it, and I don't uh, change the channel if, I, if it comes on. So again, you just cannot deny how fantastic this riff is, and the song in general is. So I had to include it um, as one of my favorites. Least favorite, so... The song Crossfire, kind of a, a weird marching band drum intro and kind of throughout. Just, eh, I, I don't know. It just doesn't, uh, does not go anywhere uh, for me and, and is part of the, the filler that I think is, is on uh, that album as a whole. So with the Iron Maiden, two faves, one least fave, I um, kind of inadvertently skipped Live After Death. I wanted to include uh, live albums during, you know, these sections of these these bands when I when I do this this segment um, for it. So gonna include Worldwide Live in here. So love it for Sting. So Big City Nights is one of my favorite songs off of that album, but I prefer the live version. Um, it's got a lot more umph to it than the. Um, in the studio version so again killer killer riff um and it may be my all-time favorite scorp song and again this uh 
this version of it and when they you know break it down and they've got that cloud per, uh, crowd participation going on um, and music kicks in uh, during it is just so so good and then I also would will pick can't live without you um, great song and again heavier version than the studio version I like the the studio version um, just fine but the, the live version is is much better um, and again heavier and more up tempo um, on on worldwide live my least favorite off of worldwide live um, you know I'm gonna have to go with the zoo and I know people are probably screaming at their uh, podcast players right now but you know that song I mean it's a it, it's a fine song, um, but again, just kind of plotting. Um, so from a from a live standpoint, um, you know, I guess it's just played out for me. I, I just, uh, um, you know, not a not a huge fan of that song live. Like the song on the studio version, um, but as a as a live song, I think it's a a song that just. Uh, brings the set to a screeching halt um, so I would I would have to say the zoo was probably my least favorite um, off of worldwide live so now moving on to savage amusement so again not a well I mean look at you know four years later uh, from from love it for sting um, and so different sound uh, to it but my two favorite songs uh, don't stop at the top and passion rules the game so Don't Stop at the Top, great lead guitar melody and underlying riff. Uh, the riff during the verse, after each verse, very, very cool. Um, harmonizing during the bridge, again, just classic Scorps uh, sound to me. And then great uh, great chorus, you know, with the riff and Klaus's vocal interjections throughout that. You know, Don't Stop at the Top, Touch the Sky Before, before You Fall. Uh, and then says don't stop at the top for the breakdown and the guitar solo is, is very cool passion rules the game great intro riff and acoustic guitar in there uh, great bridge and harmonizing don't you need some love tonight I do yes I do great and then the snare run right before the the chorus uh, very very cool song um, least favorite so love on the run again it's an upbeat song uh love on the run always loaded like a gun i don't know just uh kind of cheesy doesn't uh doesn't really do anything for me um you know again the the rest of that album is kind of hit and miss um with me but if i had to had to give a least favorite it'd be love on the run so now closing out um with crazy world so again overall i think a big Big improvement from Savage Amusement, you know, as a whole, uh, a whole collection of songs. Um, but I would have to go with Tease Me, Please Me. So obviously, I, I you know, talked about it uh, a little bit in the live set. Uh, again, great opener for the album and the tour. Great simple slow riff, uh, lead melody in the intro there, and then great upbeat riff when it kicks in. The you know, cruising and boozing, it's a wonder that I'm still alive line, always I thought was, was kind of cool. Uh, great bridge, great chorus, um, and just, again, good guitar fills, you know, during the second verse, just classic uh, Scorpions. Uh, you know, let the feeling grow into the guitar solo uh, line. And then the breakdown, you know, built for the live stage, key change during the, during the outro. Uh, great, great song. Hit Between the Eyes is my other favorite off of here. Again, upbeat, great intro into the lead guitar uh, melody. Uh, almost has a accept sound uh, to it. Uh, kind of reminds me of something that they would have done. Great riff during the verses. Music stops when the, when the vocal comes in. Uh, and again, great harmonizing during the during the chorus. So Money or Fame is my least favorite off of this album. That slide guitar intro doesn't really sound like Scorpions to me. It sounds more like Aerosmith. Um, you know, but then they bring in the guitar talk box, which obviously has a, a nod to the zoo uh, in it. 
Uh, also has a slight China White feel in the chorus. You know, who's to blame, my love, to play a dangerous game, uh-huh. Um, kind of sounds like China White a little bit. Um, but like I said, just it doesn't really sound like Scorpions. Um, so that would be my least favorite off of Crazy World. So honorable mention, so they, you know, in 80, uh, I guess 89, they came out with that uh, Best of Rockers and Ballads uh, album. Um, I Can't Explain and Hey You um, were were unreleased off of that. Um, love, like I mentioned in the set, love the cover uh, of I Can't Explain. Yeah, they just did a great job with it. Gave it gave it some balls, you know, versus the the Who's studio version, and get just great scream from Klaus before the solo. Um, great solo and great guitar fills throughout, um, and then soloing during the outro, and then just that great bombastic ending. Awesome. And then Hey You. I mean, if it would have been on Animal Magnetism, it it probably re- would have replaced Hold Me Tight as one of my two faves. Love that song, great riff, lead melody, great vocal. Uh, love the delay on the chorus. You know, I really die, you're driving me wild. Heavy breathing uh, going on back there, kind of a la uh, Dirty Deeds uh, from uh, ACDC. And then great riff during the, during the chorus as well. So now on to the Slamfest tip of the week. So this week, I'm gonna talk a little bit co- about concert attire. So concert t-shirts specifically. So during these first uh, um, several episodes, I've talked about buying concert t-shirts after the shows, right? As a uh, memento, you know, from the show, we all did it. Some of us are are still doing it. Um, So I stopped buying a concert t-shirt at concerts sometime in the 90s, and I can't pinpoint exactly when it was. Actually, kept buying Kiss concert T-shirts uh, up through the Rock the Nation uh, tour in 2004. Um, so again, for the most part, all I have are uh, Kiss T-shirts uh, at this point. So I'm primarily wearing Kiss uh, shirts to to most shows that I go to. Um, you know, now I mean, I've still got a lot of the old concert tees, but. Uh, a lot of them don't uh, don't really fit uh, great anymore. So right now, most of the shirts, most of the shirts I've got are are uh, Kiss album cover T-shirts, just kind of going with something plain and only on the on the front side. Um, I've also got so other shirts that I'll wear to shows. Um, I've got just a um, a black shirt and silver. It says Detroit Rock City uh, on it. Got it in a uh, tourism store down in Detroit. Uh, love that shirt. Um, also, I have a. Uh, my wife got me a. I still call it Pine Knob uh, T-shirt for for Christmas one year. And a funny story about that. So again, that's that's the original name of the uh, amphitheater in the Detroit area. It's now called the DTE Energy Music Theater. Um, but so she bought me that shirt. So outside of the hard rock shows that I go to, if I go to shows with her, especially if I go to shows with her uh, to that venue, I'll wear this shirt. And it's just unbelievable the looks and the uh, kudos that I get on that shirt, even from people that work at the venue. And again, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's such a... Um, an odd you know shirt to to have um and the fact that they haven't seen more of those shirts i'm i'm a little bit surprised but and then i've also got an eight six seven five three oh nine shirt so it's just a black shirt and then kind of a almost a neon purple um it, it says that so that's a that's a decent shirt to wear to a uh a show out of format um so when we have Slamfest events, it's obviously fun. You, you bring multiple shirts, obviously you wear them, you know, the entire weekend, you know, including during travel time on the planes and whatnot. So it's fun to um, have wardrobe changes kind of throughout the weekend. Um, and then we have, a, we have a blast with bootleg uh, T-shirt vendors. Um, and I'll, we'll, we'll get into some more of that on specific shows, but... 
um, we we have a fun time giving those guys a hard time um, on whether or not they they really want the sale or how bad do they want the sale so we'll, we'll get into that at some point so now to close out the episode with a which side are you on and as i mentioned uh, earlier i'm not talking about trickster's debut album so we're going to dive into uh, the scorpion's eighth studio album called blackout released on march 29th 1982 and produced by dieter dirks um, scorps uh, producer from 73 to 88 so uh, obviously, um, you know, 15-year span there, uh, and obviously included uh, most of their most of their hey- heyday. Um, he also uh, produced uh, quite a bit of the Accept uh, material um, as well. Uh, interestingly enough, and most of you probably know this, but Don Dokken uh, did a lot of demos for this album. Uh, Klaus had uh, had. Uh, vocal cord surgery uh, so he is credited Don Dokken is credited with backing vocals uh, on this on this album reached number 10 on the US charts and and ultimately did go platinum so let's dive into side one so you get punched in the face uh, out of the gate uh, by blackout um, great guitar dive bomb when it when the song kicks in guitar fills during the verses just unbelievable and just classic scorpions great bridge again first bridge is a tease uh, as i mentioned uh with bad boys running wild um and that goes back into the verse instead of into the chorus uh unbelievable riff during the chorus uh and then yelling uh klaus yelling nearly had a breakout baby before the solo awesome uh can't live without you second single from the album talked about uh um, kind of me preferring the live version over the studio version, but again, great uh, song. No One Like You, again, first single, uh, but talked about it earlier. Uh, can't deny what a great song that is. You Give Me All I Need, again, cool acoustic intro. Um, and again, yet another great lead guitar melody from the Scorpions. Again, it sounds like a broken record uh, talking about that mellow verses and unfortunately kind of really repetitive lackluster chorus i mean not bad but not uh not great and then closed out side one with the song now very cool deep track upbeat rocker underlying acdc uh ish type riff going on you know chorus gonna be wild gonna be wild gonna be wild no 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 now awesome and a cool breakdown before the solo uh, as well. So overall, um, powerful side one uh, of this classic uh, album. Side two kicks off with Dynamite. Again, upbeat, heavy riff. Um, another great lead guitar melody. Vocals, drums, primarily during the uh, chorus. So again, there's some space in the, in the guitar riff, which is cool. You know, during the chorus too, if you, you know, go back and listen to it, I hear a lot of uh, uh, influence, and this is influence for Wasp, um, but that harmonizing just sounds so much like uh, some of that Wasp material that came out not too far after this. Track two, Arizona, great riff. And again, you've got two rhythm guitars going on there, uh, which is really, really cool. Um, great vocal melody during the verses as well, and then uh, great outro with him uh, repeating "What a night!" Um, very, very cool um, deep cut on side two. China White obviously talked about it being one of my favorites on here. Um, again, just a, a cool, heavy, eerie um, song um, that kind of gets forgotten about. And then when the smoke is going down, again, kind of the ballad to close out the record, um, you know, like like the, the song musically, but uh, overall doesn't uh, doesn't do uh, much else um, for me. So this is tough. <laughs> I mean, you know, getting into some of these, uh, um, which sides uh, are you on? I mean, they're going to get uh, they're going to be tough ones from time to time. 
Um, so going through it, it's it's actually kind of kind of interesting. But you can, um, you know, kind of process of elimination almost. So I mean, blackout and dynamite, I feel you know pretty much cancel each other out. Um, can't live without you in Arizona. You know, I think they could uh, they could probably cancel each other out uh, as well. So that leaves no one like you. You give me all I need, and now on side one, and just China White, and when the smoke is going down on side two. So, um, you know, while I I love China White and uh, and the song Arizona, I, you just can't blackout, can't live without you, no one like you, um, and even that that's cool deep cut now on side one. Uh, it's hard to hard to beat. So I'm going with side one of blackout so before we end the episode the slam fest podcast actually received an apple podcast review so as a rookie at all of this i just noticed that we actually had a review on there so it said this is a must listen for metal fans this podcast takes you back to the best rock concerts and delivers funny stories from inside and outside the venue cannot wait to hear more and it was submitted by I Chose Myself, all one word, and they gave the podcast five stars. And then there are also five other ratings on there, and those are all five stars, so appreciate that as well. And again, hopefully those are not all from my kids, and they're actually from people uh, listening and enjoying the podcast. Did any of you see the Scorpions Crazy World Tour in 1991? If so, what were your thoughts, memories, or stories from that tour? Am I off base with my assessment of Trickster? What are your two favorite and one least favorite songs from Love Drive to Crazy World? And last but not least, what are your thoughts on Scorpion's Blackout, Side 1, or Side 2? Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at slamfestpodcast at gmail.com or request to join our private Facebook page at Slamfest Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time.